Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today we are finishing up our reading of Salem's Law and I'm joined by Nova and James. Hello. Hello. I cannot wait to get into this. It was very good. Yeah. I love vampire books so much. I, I sat there and I saw uh, earlier last night. No, it was last night. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw the ad of what you were talking about. You know how we were in the last recording talking about Vampire Academy mm-hmm. and like that I felt. Yeah, I just saw the advertisement on Peacock about yeah. it. Yeah. And nice. I'm like looking at this as like, oh, God, this actually looks pretty good. And then I said to myself, oh, my God, I need to commence an exorcism. I just said something like Vampire Academy looks so good. It, just it looks showering. really good, though. It like, does. I think, like, I think they updated it because, like, it's very, very 2013 energy, you know? Because it's, I feel like we all, like, read it during that time period. I don't know if it was actually yeah. published then, but it's very early 2000s kind of vibe. Yeah, that sounds about the right time. But, I, but I it, agree with the publishing, the... but that's when everyone was reading it. Yeah. And so I feel like this show just from the trailer it looks like they're updating it a little bit which i think is necessary otherwise it's going to be very cringy but is it already a contemporary setting to begin with from the source material or is it a little bit more oh okay okay yeah Yeah, it's modern supposed to be but like modern in the sense like they had like flip phones so okay so you're looking at early 2000s yeah yeah Yeah. but it goes to show you just that was contemporary and you look mm-hmm. at it's now 20 years later and that's totally you know kids look at that as ancient time which it's like <laughs> right don't fucking make me feel old but yeah i get that it's funny because people say oh we're doing a contemporary setting i was like oh so we doing like like 90s 2000 it's like no we're gonna do a current day and it's like are you saying that that's not contemporary setting anymore i feel attacked <laughs> right I, like I really hope they make it current day because like it was supposed to be current day when we were all reading it and i Mm -hmm. feel like you'll get a lot more like newer readers otherwise it's gonna like fall apart like the original yeah adaptation did and i feel like with the fact of the popularity of vampire diaries like they could easily get a lot of new viewership but Mm -hmm. we'll see if they actually Mm -hmm. do Let's hope that it works because when they did Stephen King's The Stand, they put it in a contemporary setting. They didn't do it back during like the actual time period in which King wrote that book. Mm. And it kind of takes it out of me because it's like I've read part of the book Mm -hmm. and I, um, I I grew up watching the 94 miniseries, which even then that was a bit contemporary to say Mm -hmm. the least, but it still fed the whole grand scheme of the book. But when I watched you know, and I don't feel like the actors did bad. It was just maybe the writing. And, you know, to me, it's all like, you know what? There's like a lot of this shit that could have been fixed if you actually had the technology we had today. So yeah. it almost seems like the technology we have today, it's like, I think we would have been a little bit more connected. There would have been far easier way to make sure if someone was safe, you didn't have to freaking walk mm-hmm. or pray that you pray that the car you're driving was going to break down and everything. It's like, Oh, I got this phone in my pocket. Let's see if the towers are still activated. You know, um, that's what I didn't like. Yeah. My thing is if it's in the nineties, keep it in the nineties, but if it's like 2000 Mm -hmm. and later, just age it up. It's fine. Yeah. 
You know it's, what I mean? Yeah. There's so if much it's of close a big enough gap. to like now. Just make yeah. it now. Yeah. Like, it's 90s keep it 90s because like if there's a 90s revival anyways people like it if it's like set in the 90s if it's set in mm-hmm. the 80s cool but if it's set like 2005 that's a time period we're all trying to forget let us forget <laughs> it please the, the 90s are the new 80s as you know as a recent like if, if the um what was that netflix oral stein series that they did um I can't remember it, but that was all 90s. But they also did throwbacks to like the 80s and whatnot. But most of the people love the setting of of the 90s. And, you know, I feel like if you can pull it off very well, you can give people that huge nostalgia boost is what a lot of people feel of the 80s. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing people um, on TikTok trying to romance, like romanticize 2012. And it makes me want to throw up. They're like, imagine going to middle or going to high school and 2012 2013 i'm like no i graduated that year so (laughs) i was a sophomore i think Uh, my schooling was was... 08 to 12 so (laughs) i graduated 14 freshman i graduated 2016 so you would have been a ah it was right when i went to college the film school program 2060 man fucking <laughs> makes me feel old <laughs> it's fine it's fine anyway salem's lot yes oh, <laughs> every time i hear that line i i i get youthful yeah yeah it brings <laughs> you some serotonin mm-hmm. so part three the deserted village i like that there's just a quote that's tagged and it says an old rock song I'm like, is this a joke? Is this Stephen King making a joke? Like, why did he not quote the song? Or did he just, like, make this whole thing up? Did you guys see that? That's King for you. Like, I've read enough of his work that I can pick up a little bit on some of the humor that maybe not a lot of people pick. And I look at that and I was like, oh, that's funny. You know? Here's Here's the quote for everyone. I heard a voice crying from the deep. Come join me, baby, in my endless sleep. Quote, old rock and roll song. What? That actually could probably be like maybe the early. I don't know the song exactly, but judging just by the lyrics, it sounds like kind of like the early days of rock and roll whenever it was still coming out of the blues movement or so something like that. Because that sounds like something blues or jazz wise. I just don't you know. know why he wouldn't quote the song you know what i mean like but the actual song it's it's that or maybe just in that universe that's just a made-up song because in the stand he did you know can i be your man and that became so popular so chances are it could be just that it could just be some old song and everything i've never heard of those lyrics you know those don't click to me at the moment but if it's a real song then you know we, we, we gotta have the viewers listen to it not on the podcast but like on you know their own personal time I'm honestly googling it and finding yeah. nothing. So, so chances are, it was like "Baby, Can I Be Your Man" from I forgot what's the name of the character in the stand, but King kind of wrote a song about that. And also, too, King King is in a band. He did have like a band growing up that you didn't know about this. No. Yeah. Okay. So Stephen King knows a few chords. He, he says in interviews he knows a few chords on the guitar. 
Mm-hmm. And there is this band, I think he's done it with a couple, I think it's a couple authors that's with them. Hold on real quick. I feel Let like me... I saw this on Instagram or something. Music. Yeah, because he has his own band. Um. Oh my God. Where, where, where is it? Uh, but like, they mostly do like covers and they, they more or less just jam. Love that. I'm trying to find it. I'm still Skin trying King to see if I can figure out. Rock this. Bottom Remainders. That's what it is. And there's like so many people. There's like Dave Barry, Stephen King, Amy Tan, Sam Barry, Ridley Pearson, Scott Toro, Joel Selvin. There's so many people. And I'm sorry because there's just a huge lineup. I'm guessing it's like all changed, but um, they're uh, professional musicians. Uh, some of them are authors and they, they work in other forms, but I don't know if they've actually released. They haven't so, released an album, but. I, I did see that this song could be um, Endless Sleep by Johnny and the Rockos. The Rockos. But I, that sounds like something King grew up listening to. That that sounds like a, like a 1950s band. Has like three stanzas. Which was typical of that time. Most songs weren't past two minutes. They were very short. This is like 40 seconds maybe. Like there's no way this. Well we don't know how much of it is like instrumental jam. Yeah. Like they could be playing. They could be singing for like 15 seconds and then break into a 30 second solo. You know. Let me see if I can actually listen to it. Maybe. Firm maybe. Nope, okay. Someone has to give this to me. I just want to know if this <laughs> is actually real. Oh, it's on an album called Vampire's Halloween Jukebox. Really? <laughs> I love that. It's a real song. Yeah. But it's, I guess it is two minutes. They just didn't have the full lyrics on there, which is fine. But interesting. I love that it's on a playlist called Vampire Music. It's yeah, it's not it, it's it's not unheard of for King to do it to like add real life music or just make up music on the spot. Mm-hmm. Because in the Dark Tower series, believe it or not, there's quite a couple of Beatles songs that pop up, but mm-hmm. they're kind of sung differently. There may be a lyric twist different because it's supposed to be an alternate world mm-hmm. and everything. And there will be these people that are like singing the song and. Roland will kind of like reminisce like oh I remember hearing that song back when I was a kid and it's like dude mm-hmm. it's been like over a hundred years it's like I'm surprised these people still know how to play that music and you know um, and it's funny because none of the the characters that had grew up in modern times like the rest of the Kaitet they haven't pointed out like oh yeah I know that song because they play Hey Jude a lot that's mm-hmm. a song that pops up that's like that's their Skinnerd in the universe you know it's it's Hey Jude love that i'm gonna have to read that at some point one day that's gonna take a that's gonna take a couple of years i'm <laughs> i'm still on book five and i got that halfway Jeez. across the year and i finally had to sit there and say i gotta put you down i'm consuming too much of you right now you're you're gonna kill me before i finish you i when i start, read uh zodiac academy i haven't finished the last book yet 
because the next book doesn't come out and I know it's going to make me bawl my eyes out and I'm just not emotionally ready to be torn apart right now. But um, I was reading it until like 6 a.m. a lot of days. And I'm like, I need to stop. I have a yeah. problem. Oh my but, God. But yep. That just goes to show you just how great a book can be is when you know you got work to do, but you're like, yeah, fuck that work. I want to sit there and read you. And there'll be times I'll tell myself just 20 pages, just 20 mm-hmm. pages. And then here we are 70 pages later. Just to the end of this chapter and then I'll put it down and then I'll do whatever and I'll come back. Yeah, but see, that doesn't doesn't work. 17 chapters later. When when Stephen King's chapters, depending on some of his books, are actually 50 to 60 pages long. Yeah. Yeah. This one. You know, yeah. (laughs) Like there's some of them that are like maybe 21. I think that's about the shortest one. 21 pages. Mm -hmm for a chapter mm-hmm. it, that's about it you know other than that you know it's yeah they're all super long but i like the way how king did this because king even though they may be chapters king breaks them all up in these nice little scenes that it almost feels like it almost feels like television writing because if you could really look at how he he has laid out his story you could just take certain chapters and say that's a tv episode that's it and just give it to the writers and it's like make an episode out of this entire chapter and bam, yeah. you'll have a good you'll have a good hour hour worth of content right there in a chapter, which I can see why now mm-hmm. we haven't seen many Stephen King movies come out, but we've seen a lot of television, and it's just because of his writing style it fits TV so well. Mm-hmm. It does, yeah. But speaking of his writing style, chapter fourteen, the lot. <laughs> So right off the bat, we get Ruthie is now a vampire, and now she suddenly finds Dud's uh, advances acceptable. And I was like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Um, That's creepy. She is still a high school girl, and that is a grown man. And um, that's disgusting. That's all I'm going to say about that. She's snatching from the cradle and vice versa. Yeah. Gross. Just gross. Yeah gross <laughs> uh and then we got october 6th everyone is dead love the starting the chapter off this way i love that they're like hey by the end of this whole town's gonna be dead i'm like oh are yeah. you sure and the, it's like yes yes i am sure they're just so, giving you the facts straight up yeah i love by that. the way everybody's dead yep you're welcome so we got a chapter truly we got Weasel missing. Eva, uh, yeah, Eva's searching for him right now. It's not going well. Uh, Susan and a random dude, maybe Barlow, possibly. I think it's Barlow. We're not really yeah. sure who it is. Yeah. Okay. It sounded like it was Barlow, but they don't say at the time. But uh, they got the sheriff. So sheriff also dead. So Mark is planning to go meet with Ben, being like, "Hey, your girlfriend." Definitely a vampire now. Just so you know. It's such a so, homegrown scene too. Huh? It's such a like a like a like a hallmark scene. I think that's a better oh. way to describe it. Because the way how the scene's so laid out that they're out there looking at the sun in the early morning as it rises. Oh. And it's like Susan's a vampire. It's like, Are you sure about that? And it's like, yeah. And it's like that's kinda like it. You know, and it's like, oh, like you feel bad because you know it's happening, but at the same time, it's all like, why does this feel like I'm getting a really good postcard vibe from this? It's very odd. 
but yeah. it, it is what it is. That's pretty much just what the scene is. And that's mm-hmm. just what Mark and Ben are trying to, I guess, communicate to themselves is it just, it is what it is. So while, you know, Mark is telling Ben that Susan is now a vampire, he's getting these flashbacks to his first wife. So we finally get to learn more about that. Um, it turns out, you know, I thought we always just got like motorcycle accident. No, like he fully saw his first wife under the tires of a van. I'm like, how did they one stop on top of her and not move? Like that you had to either stop really, really fast or you just, why did they stay on top of her? Like, I don't understand. It's just probably a case of situation. That is a really, really good question. But also, too, as fast as he was probably going on the motorcycle, her getting slung, that's probably how she got under. Yeah. And, yeah. It's... Trying to figure out how you stop on top of a person and don't, like, move off. You know? It happens. It happens. Mm -hmm. You know? I know nowadays, like, when you get in an accident, unless it's, like with something like that they would be like don't move it do not move because you can actually cause more damage to a person if you end up moving it than letting Mm -hmm. like someone like the fire department who's obviously trained to do it um my dad actually was he was the fire department where he was at college Mm -hmm. there was a car accident and the woman was under the car and a bunch Mm -hmm. of people came lifted the car off of her to get her out and she passed away and they were like oh they were like oh we couldn't get her in time and whatnot and one of them asked one of the firefighters they were like did we have anything to do with that and they said no but in reality because they moved the car off of her they ended up crushing her more yeah so if they had waited for the fire department you know they have things to help lift to ease so yeah. that's what they say is you know like if you can just leave them there and let let the professional yeah, things help. like that happens all the time it's just the way you know it yeah. seems weird but it's it's very possible plausible. yeah yeah and you know you don't know how it swer they swerved you know whatever yeah. and just there's so many variables to it but the thing but yeah. is, is king's only feeding us so many you know yeah it's not necessary to know the whole, like, he stopped at such and such, so she had the velocity speed of whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He just gave us what we needed to know and let our brains figure that out for ourselves. Yeah. And accidents are crazy. Like, yeah. some of the things that, because obviously my dad's with the fire department, I've seen pictures and stuff, and even just in a small town. The things you sometimes yeah. see is like how you're like how does this happen? <laughs> like in Florida, a big thing is we see a lot of single car accidents where they flip the vehicle mm-hmm. in a bright sunny day all the time, and I just don't ever understand how they like get to that situation. I'm like, is the yeah. gravity different wherever you are? Like, do they call it sunny side upping? They should. <laughs> I don't know if anybody does. That was a lame ass joke. Please edit that out. No, it's staying in. No, that was good. Damn it. That was good. 
there's gonna be some person that's all like you know my such as such was in an accident and it wasn't funny and it's like okay <laughs> yeah, i have I mean, dark humor i'm sorry my humor can get a little too out out there yeah it's just dark humor it's like fun. it's not like someone's gonna get offended either specifically. way yeah well, you're not disrespecting them intentionally it's just a little dark humor yeah it's fine so they ben and mark go out and they're like now they're a team so they found susan's car which is good um but the problem is is that susan not in the car (laughs) yeah yeah but at least like i guess that kind of gives um ben like a sense of like okay this is real you know what i mean yeah this kid is not making it up so they decide to go over to the hospital to fill Matt in on everything that's happening. Rip, our man. Um, and so they go over there and they're planning to try and confront the vampires today. So they're trying to get everybody together to go like, be like, hey, vampires, we know you're vampires, which not a good idea, but whatever. So apparently there's rituals to get a vampire into the town and they that's why they sent Straker here first to go like take care of everything so they had to get rid of like that dog because it had white eyes which are supposed to be like yeah. the eyes of heaven or something and he had to like prep the land you had to have an already super evil guy desecrate the land so it was prepared for them so that's why they took hubby's house hubby's house whatever but yeah he so was a had... hubby at one point until he blew her brains out so yeah. <laughs> he'll be the hubby so but yeah it, it made sense that that was why straker why most familiars are always sent out to a uh a custom mm-hmm. their their master's you know new home and Mm-hmm. Yeah, it still sucks. Like the dog died. Knowing you're not supposed to kill the dog. That's the big rule in horror. Mm-hmm. You'd never kill the house pet or anything. You know. Yeah. Though I know there's some people who are indifferent about cats, but I love cats, so you never kill the cat neither. Correct. You know, but 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 in this one, it follows so well into the to the lore that it's like, oh wow, this dog could have been so much of a threat to this great vampire based on just for one, the breed, and because of the, the design of where it has the white circles around, mm-hmm. it would scare them, you know? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And then, Poor puppy. Not only is our whole list of getting the vampire there, there's also an entire list of killing the vampire. They're like, so you gotta stake him through, the- then chop off his head, then mm-hmm. get him a coffin, then do this, and this, and this, and this, and this. So there's like a giant list of things they have to do to make sure this vampire stays dead. I was like, can you write me a note so that I can actually just like bring it with me and then use it as like a little checklist, you know, cause I'm not very proficient in hunting vampires. So it's like a checklist that Ray has to keep, you know, all right, I did this. I did this. Fuck. We forgot this. We got to dig them back up again. <laughs> <laughs> Tattoo it on my arm. And it says vampire death checklist. And they're like, wow, what a fun tattoo. You must be really into horror movies. And I'm going to be like, yeah, very into horror movies. Just imagine what the uh, the mortuary assistant 
and all of them got to sit there and think of when they're exhuming the body. They're like, what the fuck is this? Oh, it's ancient text printed on skin. <laughs> yeah, you like, die and you're at the funeral home and they're like. Oh, she didn't okay. pick up those eggs and milk on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to put time. you back in the box. One side vampire checklist, the other side my grocery list. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Ben apparently has to be the one to kill Susan because she has to act as his husband, her husband for some reason, which I did not understand this, really. Yeah, I didn't really either. I, I think it was more of a moral thing to get Ben to do it because not neither one of them could sit there and do it and they knew as close as ben was to her that's my interpretation at least is that in a sense it like even though they didn't call themselves boyfriend and girlfriend they were they were a couple they were you know yeah so it's it's very much like you know the only person that should do this is you it's like Mm -hmm. you know set her free you know it's it's like having to take Lassie out the back of the farmhouse. You love her so much, but she's sick and she's got rabies and you hate to fucking do it. I think it's different now because we have medication. We have all the stuff for rabies, but back then they didn't, you know? Yeah. But I knew someone who uh, might've had to do that if they're, cause their dog got some kind of parasite. That's the toughest shit ever. And she was either like, just like staring off into space not acknowledging anything or trying to rip their face off. There was nothing. And so they were trying to get her to the vet, but they're like, if she goes haywire, they're like, we won't get her there. Yeah. They did manage to get her there, but they were like prepping just in case. And it's just, that's so sad. It is. Um, oh. oh my God. So sad. I know. Oh, and we still get Susan's death to freaking cover. And it is. Oh, <laughs> oh God. And we I just took a. Tr- about Matt's death because Susan is. Did like the stupidest thing you could physically do. So. Yeah. But yeah. it's the fact that it's, it's her connection though with Ben and how Ben processes it. That what really hurts, you know? Yeah. Like instead of her, instead of her, you know, waiting up to sit there and do this. Yeah, she did the foolish thing of, you know, oh, well, we're going to talk to this person, even though she, there's no one out there. So mm-hmm. even if she would have been all by herself, Stryker would have gotten her and threw her in the cellar and locked yeah. her in. Yeah. You know, she, she would have been doomed from the start, you know, regardless of um, what she would have done. But also, too, I think it's more of a learning. It's It's more of a learning for Ben that you can't take these guys lightly because even for a child to be with a woman, you know, what they did to Matt, what Stryker did to him, and then, you know, what Barlow did to her, that just kind of cements more the seriousness of the scenario of these guys are not fucking around and we need to, like, get our shit together. And this was the moment right here Mm -hmm. where, you know, it's... They're not playing with kick gloves anymore. You know, the majority of the town's been converted or is in the process of being converted. It's like we fucked around and found out way too soon. Yeah. So we flash over and we see Eva going down into her cellar and the fact that it smells like death 
she knows something's going on like subconsciously but she doesn't really know what's happening so uh you know then we flash back to um our group father callahan is listening to everyone's confession so they have a complete uh, sorry wow i'm just like stuttering through that entire sentence and couldn't stop um father callahan has to hear all of their confessions so they have a clean soul so they can do you know vampire killing not sure why you need a clean soul for that seems like it would be immediately muddied don't get it but whatever it's fine so kind of upset that we didn't get to hear all the confessions um i would have liked the juicy goss but it's fine (laughs) we don't get it um they then go to the store and buy all of the garlic available in the town the uh cashier was like i would not want to be in a car ride with you guys on the way home um have fun with that not sure what you're making but okay which i liked this little slice of humor um but it's funny to me that they don't even use it. Like they bought all this garlic and they're like, okay, oh well, forget about that. Like, I don't know why they bought they it all. They could just be doing like a spaghetti cook off and that could have covered for. <laughs> it's about I... to get saucy here in a bit, you know? So. I would have been like, I'm pouring this all over me. Yeah. Here, let's just like take a shower in garlic. Um, yeah. My nose will hate me forever, but meh. Well, I think maybe it's better when they, than the alternative. <laughs> facts. I think m- maybe when they um, went to the rose shop and the roses were all sold out, then they're like, "Oh, this is what happens if Straker actually cares." So obviously, the garlic doesn't really matter. Is my guess? Maybe. I think it was probably easier to get rid of roses a lot quicker than the shortage of onions. You know, I think yeah. a, an onion shortage would have frightened more people out than than a rose, like a like what was it? It had to been a red or a black or something like that. White, yeah, white know. rose. There you go. Yeah. Um. So that's I don't easy enough he, of like you're putting it on easier, grave or something. Yeah, that's easier to sweep underneath the rug compared to yeah. There's all this garlic shortage. I think I said onion at first, but garlic shortage, you know, it's like, yeah, there's a big shortage of that. It's like, we had to drive an hour to get garlic. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people would have been very much like, you know, Straker had to pick and choose. Yeah. If Straker is going to town and buying all the roses, they're like, okay, you know, maybe like his partner or whatever really likes roses, something like that. But if he bought, 18 tons of garlic including fresh garlic garlic cloves and minced garlic people would probably be like okay you know, guys powder. Weird. There's, there's something weird going on yeah. here yeah. <laughs> would garlic powder though work though because it's mixed in with a bunch of things i can't imagine someone who's like where's all the minced garlic oh we used it all in the cooking last night do we have any powder yeah and then like they're just As someone who's already allergic it. to garlic yeah the garlic powder is drastically worse for me than just like normal garlic so yeah like normal garlic hurts garlic powder though really hurts huh i don't know why i don't know if there's just more of it in like a small 
could be whatever you're like form. allergic to is what's in the powder versus yeah so it's yeah. more concentrated that's what i was saying like, like if maybe you just when you use garlic powder you tend to use more than what you would use if you just use fresh garlic i don't know yeah i i get what you mean yeah but yeah, like with now i my, gotta test like, this theory I gotta some make a oils movie. uh no oils i can't have but like Honey Nut Chiro, Cheerios has almond flour. Mm-hmm. I never had an issue with that. Hmm. So it's something in like the oil versus the powder that I was allergic to. It's going to be really fun when we go out to eat and I'm going to be like, hi, I have a gluten allergy. But also, uh, she's very allergic to anything that's not gluten when it comes to flour because trees. <laughs> it's like, it's like, do you want some toast, ma'am? <laughs> it's probably gonna be all you can afford. Or no, because like, if I have toast, I'll die. If Nova <laughs> has the toast that I eat, she'll die. So it's Russian roulette. Oh my god! Yeah, we should sit at two separate tables and then join after we get our food. If one <laughs> drops, then you know the other one. Don't eat that. <laughs> I luckily am not like besides the smell of coconut nuts like being in the area with me is fine I just cannot ingest it mm-hmm. so as long as we don't like cross contaminate plates or you know get a cafe that tells me if I have an issue it's my fault um that was so messed up oh my god I tell that story all the time and people are like what the fuck and I'm like I was like yeah, we never went yeah. there after that, but I was like, when we were there, I was just, like, so shocked. And I wanted a freaking omelet. Yeah, it's not like you wanted coffee or something. Or, like, know? something baked. Like, yeah. it was an omelet. Yeah, we went to a cafe. I wanted an omelet, but they, like, this cafe had a lot of nut stuff, and the guy basically told me they couldn't do anything about it, and if I ate anything off their menu and had an issue, it's my fault. If I had a, a reaction. Uh- I think it'd be their fault because you've already informed them of your yeah. allergy. So yeah. if they cook with that without telling you, well, we don't cook any alter- substitute mm-hmm. alternative. Yeah, that's on their fault because they are, they have been, you know, informed yeah. of your allergy. Any other company that tries to sit there and tell you that, well, it's not our fault. You know, it's like, well, y- you inform them of your allergy. Obviously, they mm-hmm. have to use a substitute if they even have it. If not, then that's an understanding. We don't have a yeah. substitute here, so we're afraid we can't serve you. That's an I, understanding. But yeah. I literally just wanted an omelet. And, and I'm like, okay, awesome. it's an omelet that none of your omelets had nut stuff in it. How hard is it to just, like, wipe it down real quick and make an omelet? Not hard. Yeah. I, was I like, don't like nuts okay. in my omelet either, so. Yeah, who can Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a list of places that are really good with allergies, and that one is on the never go again. <laughs> I hope I never have a child that's like that. It sucks. Yeah. That's why I just don't First world problems. I just have mm-hmm. to deal with myself and my issues. When they are a child, expose them to everything. Literally everything. You can. I don't know. I eat garlic all so the time. So vampires and werewolves. <laughs> I ate garlic all the time, and then I still got allergic to it. I also ate bread constantly, and still became allergic to it. So See, that's know. a funny thing. Yeah, I mean, those like people with those allergies, they used to eat it a lot, and then it 
they they develop like to me whatever is in coffee creamer i used to drink that constantly mm-hmm. like my cup sometimes used to be half coffee creamer mm-hmm. and half thing and now to me i can't do it and it has to be whatever dairy product or whatever's in that creamer because i can drink milk with uh cereal like you know i can have that i can drink chocolate milk i can drink you know some dairy products but there's something in the creamer man it tears my ass up you know i predominantly drink almond milk because i don't like regular milk is that sweeter uh you can get the unflavored one why would you do that because it tastes better in eggs and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Because then it doesn't have its own flavor. Like, the sweeteners taste like vanilla, so it's good for coffee. But, like, I don't cook with it because I can always taste the vanilla. Personally. Vanilla so eggs, that's like, an oh, interesting... Yeah. Yeah, I did that once. I made that mistake once. That is something you only make the mistake of. Once. Because it's hmm. awful. Okay. The fun thing is, when I ask people if I'm uh, if they put anything like not related into products, they immediately do not think oils and they do not think milk. So I almost oh. always have to go back and be like, "Well, did you use any milk or any like oils?" And they'll be like, "Oh, well, yeah, I did." And it's like that means you should have said yes the first time. Yeah, whenever like, you come to visit me, I'm just going to take everything that could possibly contaminate it and just throw it in my closet. <laughs> okay. And then that way you poor, have poor no me, risk. <laughs> Moon does not, she's not allowed to go in the closet. Because she gets lost. But, what? It's so fun. Allergies? Yeah. So fun. So yeah. fun. Hate it. Were you saying she was allergic to cats? I don't understand. I think I got confused. I um, am allergic to cats. She doesn't have hair, you'll be fine. It depends on what part I'm allergic to. Yeah. I mean, Ariana. Oh, yeah. So she can just easily cut that off the cat for you. Like, yeah, that's so easy. <laughs> Ariana's I'm allergic, allergic to its heads. <laughs> and uh, honestly, she's been fine as long as we give her a bath beforehand. And she's like super, super allergic. Yeah. Yeah, because some people it's the fur and then some people it's like how the saliva interacts with their body. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if they're neaky or not. (laughs) Yeah. That's why some people have like big fluffy cats and they're like, I'm allergic to cats. And it's like, it's because it's the saliva and skin thing, not fur. Yeah, Moon likes to groom people too, so we'll just be like, okay, not, not this one. <laughs> not Anyways, today. Salem's lot, guys. Right. <laughs> but we're so, so good at tangents. I know we're so good at them. <laughs> I do my best not to. I've been doing really, really good on not doing so many side tangents, and it's like, yes. I'm improving on my speaking skills. I could tell a story without 50 side quests, you know. Not I, I cannot. ADHD <laughs> for the win. It all makes sense. It's fine. It'd be like yeah. that. So uh, when they failed with the flowers, they were like, you know what? We're just going to go straight to the Marston house. And I'm like, bad plan, but okay. They just basically threw away all of their plans and were just like, we're going in. So Father Callahan 
blessed the house and it kind of exploded which is fun um striker christ yeah the power of christ impels you i guess but you know what? It, it's kind of funny because it makes you almost wonder too with the Marsden House. How much did Barlow elevate the evil that actually, you know, um, lived there compared to so much of Hubie Marsden's satanic shit? You know, mm-hmm. how much of it can you really sit there and say was Hubie? Uh, now I'm even trying to say hubby. Hubie. <laughs> or how much of that was Barlow? Because again, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you ask about the confessional thing, and it's like I think that helps more with their battle with the vampires, with the faith, with mm-hmm. the crucifix and everything. Because you know, later on we'll find out that you just can't wield a crucifix and they go away. But there is a sort of power that the that our characters can actually hold if they believe. Which that's been the crux of most Stephen King stories to begin with. Belief is mm-hmm. such a strong superpower against you know Stephen King's monsters. Kind of love that. I love hope being a weapon. Yeah, I hate yeah. that people say it's too cheesy. It's like no, it's care. actually really good. It's no, no. Quit trying to fucking shit on hope. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, people will do a lot of stuff if they have the hope that things will be okay. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm here. <laughs> you see people who believe things, like, wholeheartedly, and, like, they, like, full-on, like, move mountains. Because mm-hmm. they're just like, well, I can do it, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah. You know. We label those people haters that, that always shit on the people that believe in themselves, and... To me, that's how I always look at it. It's just mm-hmm. the belief in yourself and you can do anything. And yeah, it mm-hmm. may come off as, oh, really? Is that how you beat them? And I was like, well, yeah, obviously you need this and this and this. But in order to work with that, you have to, for one, have some sort of belief in yourself that you can do it. Yeah. You know, and it gets it gets shit on. You know, I know like a mm-hmm. lot of people sit there and call it like a bad trope. It's like, no, it's it's really, really good. It's like it, it is never you know it, it should never be brought down mm-hmm. you know yeah i love it for one. <laughs> right and then um so they go into the marston house and straker has been hung up upside down uh barlow left them a note which basically was like haha knew you guys would come lol get wrecked um i'm totally gonna go kill that kid's parents and that's basically all it said (laughs) and he also oh he also left susan in the cellar for them yeah just like so there's like two ways of thought is they think it's either as a like this if you're really gonna go through it this is the kind of thing you're gonna have to do is like like basically sorry for giving you the yawn no teasing um (laughs) teasing ben and being like hey okay you want to go kill someone you can kill your girlfriend or um that they couldn't get her out in time and i i don't know i feel like he probably couldn't get susan out in time that's why he like pretended like oh yeah totally just left it like left her there willing for you yeah 
you know? He, he did it to break down Ben even more. Because Ben, out of all of them, seems to be the most unstoppable one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with that, it's mostly because of Matt. Matt's yeah. been the one to really push him on his crusade. And this was Barlow testing, you know, well, let's just sit there, see how strong you are, author boy. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you're going to have to kill her. It's like, and I think he kind of knows that even Callahan and all the others, they know that they can't lift a hammer to her that only Ben can do it. Yeah. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a shitty god-given right you know like you have to do this you have to do this for her and but it's the shittiest thing to put on a person yeah but again barlow the master of mind games you know speaking of barlow we do find out that he is super old like older than the foundation of the catholic church old yeah uh we also find out that parkins galipsky saw dr cody's car at the marston house but at this point that dude is like yeah something's going on here i'm not gonna do anything about that they end up finding susan uh ben isn't sure if he can kill her he does it though throws up a little but he does get the stake through her heart and he's like at the last second he could see her as she was Instead of, like, seeing her as a vampire, which is really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, after that happens and they bury her, they, well, they don't bury her. They put her in a coffin, float her down the river. Um, which they never bring back up again. I feel yeah. so sorry for the poor fucker that's probably out camping and then, bam, coming down the river. <laughs> well, they put rocks in it, so she should be on the bottom of the river. Well, oh, they okay, talked about so. it. Um, the her mom at one point was like fuming because, like, oh, I'm gonna go get that guy. He murdered my daughter and put her in a box in a river. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she had a short part where she was like absolutely pissed off. So someone clearly found her. No, no, Barla think... told her that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Because he sees everything. You know, at this point, his eyes are everywhere. Okay. Uh, it's very it's very much like Dracula where when you know Dracula finally traveled over to the UK to Carfax mm-hmm. Abbey and everything you couldn't sneak up on this guy. He had eyes yeah. everywhere and yeah. It, yeah. this is very much the same thing with Barlow. It's his eyes are everywhere planted and he'll yeah. know whatever secrets that you try to hold against him, he'll figure it all out and and he uses yeah. that to manipulate even the people that haven't been turned. He'll manipulate them and and for yeah. the longest time, I thought Floyd Tibbetts was the same way. And it's like, well, no, there's no way in hell. Like, Floyd had to been bit. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That um, makes sense. Then, <laughs> yeah. So then the group separates. Father Callahan's going with Mark over to his parents' house to try and convince them, which I just thought, terrible plan. It's not going to work. Yeah. Um, don't know why you guys are separating, but okay. Yep. So we get a mention for a second of Richie the Bully, who I wrongly accused Ralphie for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it'd be like that. So, you know, then we're we're basically getting flashed through the entire town. Um, 
we get to see Reggie, who has, like, honestly, trigger warnings real quick. But, yeah, so Reggie beat up Bonnie, um, and then he also is raping her every single night. And I'm like, this is so, like, messed up. Yeah. It's just awful. Yeah. It's like, it's one thing that you caught her cheating, but this mm-hmm. right here, for one, it you could already tell that Reg had some type of abuse, you know, he he, he definitely looked like he could be an abuser. And for mm-hmm. this, he kind of oh, feels yeah. like, well, I'm, I'm justified in my abuse. And it's, yeah, it's, it's nasty, no matter which way you look at it, it's nasty as ever. And, and it goes oh, back to, way. to the, the mom that abused her baby, mm-hmm. you know, in here, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I think like for anyone reading this book, those are really your two huge trigger warnings you know in this whole book and yeah you know even whenever i read them still it's it's very discomfort this discomforting and you know Mm -hmm. obviously that was meant for for us to feel it's this whole town is just fallen in shambles and you know yeah Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If I sound like I'm outside, it's because I am, which is different. So you might get some outdoor sounds right now. Um, You know, got to make it work while we can. It's what we do. If you want to find more exclusive content, uh, you can find me over on Patreon. You can subscribe as low as $1 a month and you get access to a bunch of great exclusive bonus content. Uh, Whenever I get internet again, I will be back on Twitch, so make sure to subscribe, and then as soon as I have internet, I will make an announcement, and then you can find me wherever you find me, on all the socials. I'll be everywhere, because I will be enjoying it and loving it, and embracing the fact that I have internet in my home again. Hopefully soon. I don't know. But... If you did notice that this cut off a little more abruptly than usual, it's because this episode was very, very long. So it's being cut between this week and next week's episode. So to get like the real outro and stuff like that, you'll get that all next week. And uh, you'll get the rest of this little part of the book. And, well, the rest of the book. But thank you all so much for listening. Our logo is designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song was by Raphael Crux. And I'll catch you all in the next chapter. Bye!